Welcome into a special crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks, part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making both Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find both shows on your favorite podcast platforms for absolutely no charge. On today's episode, we take a look at how Chicago has gotten off to a strong start how the Minnesota Wild have righted the ship, and we preview today's game between the Wild and Chicago on the road to finish up a lengthy road trip. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked on Wild, and I'm joined by the host of Locked on Blackhawks, Jack Bushman. And Jack, we're going to dive right in to Chicago because just like everybody expected, Chicago is off to a pretty good start to the season. So I got to ask, how have they been able to do this? Everybody expected that they were going to be, and they still may, depending on how the rest of the season goes. But everybody expected that Chicago was going to be in the hunt for Connor Bedard. What has led to such a hot start? Yeah, it's surprising even to me, Seth. Uh, I did not expect the Blackhawks to have won four of their first eight games or four, three and one now after dropping their last two, but still they had a really competitive game on Thursday night against the Edmonton Oilers supposed to be one of the best teams in the Western conference this season. They're, in intensity and their compete level has been there night in and night out. And I have to give a lot of credit and I have done so on my shows throughout the past couple of weeks since the season has started to head coach Luke Richardson and also to the players as well. But it feels like they're, they're really meshing in whatever Richardson is preaching. The players are, are hearing it. They're listening to it well, and they're just giving it their all out there. And as opposed to last season, there, there were just some times and some nights consecutive nights in a row even where it just looked like the Blackhawks weren't ready to go or didn't give it a full 60-minute effort. It feels like it's just kind of been the opposite this season. And because of that effort level, they they found ways to win games late. Now, I've talked about this through a lot of crossovers because, like you, many many people have wondered also how the Blackhawks have gotten off to this start. They're, They're still not playing like a perfect brand of hockey or anything like tonight against or last night against Buffalo. Um, they uh, got pretty much dominated at five on five. It, it was not a good look for the Blackhawks defense still wound up getting a point in that game though. Uh, to some good goaltending. It, they're just kind of doing the little things right. And when you do some of those little things, well, you're going to give yourself a chance and the, their third periods have been good uh, other than the last two games, Seth. So they've just kind of found ways to scrap and, and claw their way together. And yeah, like I said, I, I got to give a lot of credit to Luke Richardson for for preaching that and um, for taking this group. You know, they, they knew the expectations that were around them this season. No one was expecting anything out of them. And uh, here they are, 4-3-1 and one through their first eight games. Don't think anyone expected that. So tip of the cap to Luke Richardson. I think he's been phenomenal as a first-year head coach. And really no one's had a, a bad word to say about him since he got here in his time in Montreal. We didn't hear – anything bad from the fans or from former coaches or from former players that he played with too, being in a thousand game NHL veteran. So it really feels like the Blackhawks, at least for what they're trying to do right now, compete hard. Um, they have the right guy calling the shots, Seth. That certainly makes uh, a huge difference, especially when 
you're not really sure what the lineup's going to look like or what the goalie situation is going to be like going into the season. Got to ask you about former wild goalie Alex Stalock and also Peter Morozik. Huge question mark going into the season, but safe to say those guys have uh, have started off the season well. Um, were you surprised that uh, that these goalies have been uh, doing as well as they have to start the year? Yeah, that's actually a big part in the success too. The goal, the play from the goaltenders, regardless of who it's been, it's been pretty solid for the most part, and uh, I feel like they've stopped everything that they've needed to. The Blackhawks defense still needs to work on kind of clearing up in front of the net. They've allowed a lot of redirects or a lot of net mouse scrambles to wind up in the back of their own cage. So uh, they need to help their goaltenders out a little bit, but in and alone of itself, Staylock's been pretty darn good. Uh, Peter Morazic is currently on injured reserve with a groin injury. So his time timeline's kind of up in the air right now, but I liked what I saw out of him in the early going, but with him being out, we're, we're kind of leaning on Staylock right now. He started both games at home during the week. And then with the Blackhawks having a back-to-back this weekend, Arvid Soderblom made his third career NHL start last night against the Buffalo Sabres and played magnificently, Seth. He stopped 41 of 45 shots, did everything in his power to pick up that first win. Unfortunately, his team in front of him didn't do him any favors. So even if it's Staylock, Mrazek, Arvid Soderblom, it, it seems like the Blackhawks are getting at least better goaltending than we all expected here in the early portion of the season. And yeah, that definitely goes a long way to picking up these wins because when you get good goaltending, you're playing hard, you give yourself these opportunities. That's what the Blackhawks have done. They've kept themselves alive and yeah, just found ways to to claw things out. And I think a huge part of that has been the goaltending kind of exceeding the expectations here through these first eight games. It also doesn't hurt to have a a couple of franchise uh, long-standing franchise cornerstones that are just turning the clock back. Uh, Jonathan Taves, Patty Kane, uh, showing that they still have plenty of life left in the tank. Ultimately, probably going to be traded depending on how the rest of the season goes, or will they be? It's it's a very good question, something that everyone wants to know. Uh, we haven't heard any updates whatsoever from Kane or Taves and basically ever about this situation, and it, it really sounds like we're not going to hear anything in, until December, January, that time kind of rolls around. But um, it, it does seem more likely than not, just given, you know, they're, I, I feel like they're just competitors and are going to want to go pursue that opportunity. That's what I've thought, but I, I could be completely wrong. We're all just kind of taking shots in the dark here. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see, but I would say that seems more likely than not. But both guys are off to really good starts to the season. Patrick Kane, obviously, not as surprising given that uh, – as he's gotten older, he really hasn't shown any signs of slowing down whatsoever. But for Jonathan Taves, he has looked better than he has in quite some time, really, since his return. This is the best we've seen Taves look. That second line of he and, and Taylor Radish, Tyler Johnson, unfortunately, went down with an ankle injury a couple of days ago. Philip Kershev stepped up into his spot last night against Buffalo, and that trio looked terrific once again. But uh, Taves, yeah, he, he looks like he can be the two-way. I don't know if I want to call it the same two-way force that he was, but he still looks like he can impact the game on both sides in a big way. 
Uh, unfortunately, he's had a couple of tough plays late in the third period that's kind of cost the Blackhawks in back-to-back games. He had a real bad turnover that led to Leon Dreisaitl's game winner with 30 seconds to go on Thursday and then took a late penalty last night against Buffalo. Uh, Sabres going to overtime with a power play and wind up netting the game winner. So Taves needs to clean things up a little bit, but for the most part, other than those like blemishes, he's been really solid, which is just good to see from, you know, like a, a human healthy perspective, like other than, you know, wanting him to play fantastically and produce for this team, Jonathan Taves, just being able to get back to this level. There were so many people who didn't think he was going to be able to do it, who had questions about whether he would be able to do it. He's kind of answered that here so far, which has been really good to see that he can play that high level of hockey again. Uh, How long will it be for the Chicago Blackhawks? That's the million-dollar question, but I I don't think we're going to hear any rumblings about that until, yeah, later on in the winter, Seth. Okay. Let's flip it. Uh, I know you've got a ton of burning wild questions that need to be addressed, and so we will uh, flip and discuss the wild before we finish talking about today's game as our crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks continues after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. They are your number one source for betting on the NFL, college football, the new NBA season, you name it, they've got it. You can find out about the latest latest player developments, every big game, plus news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every single matchup every single week. And as always, BetOnline.net remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for all of those live bettors out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events including the World Series, MMA, boxing, golf, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL. They've got it all. So head over to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline where the game starts. Continuing today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks. Once again, thank you for making both shows your first listen every day. Make sure for your second listen, you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, giving you the full recap of all the day's biggest stories in 30 minutes or less. Locked On Sports Today is available wherever you listen to your podcast. All right. Wild time. So I will, uh, I'll turn it over to you. Awesome. So Seth, I got to admit when we... Getting together for this first crossover of the season, Blackhawks in the Wild, set to play each other for the first time. Did not guess that the Chicago Blackhawks would be the team with the better record, buddy. 3-4-1, I know the Wild have started to head in the right direction. Uh, We referenced before recording that they're not allowing seven goals a game anymore, so we're we're heading in the right right way. But uh, what kind of led to that tough start, first three games at home, all kind of high-scoring affairs that didn't go their way, what kind of happened there? So you look at those first three games, the Rangers, Colorado, and the Los Angeles Kings. The thing that let the Wild down, I think, the most in all three of those instances was uncharacteristically bad defense, bad goaltending, and line combinations that just didn't work. The Wild were trying to go with some of the combos that worked so well for them last year, but The players that made those combos work did not get off to good starts this season. Ryan Hartman, 
former Blackhawk being the uh, one of the most notable. Did not start the season on a good note, and so he finds himself now on the third line, playing with Jewel Eriksson-Eck and Brandon Duhame. Um, so the Wilds had to try to kind of figure things out, and they were still scoring plenty of goals. They just were giving up a ton because the team was not trying to play a physical style. They were more trying to do all the work with the stick instead of doing the work by checking, throwing the body around, those kind of things. So they weren't fully invested into all those little defensive things that this team has done so well in the past. And it makes it look so much worse when your goalies are giving up even the most basic level goals. Marc-Andre Fleury in the Kings game had one that uh, a shot from the top of the zone by the Kings. I don't even know if they were attempting anything other than to just throw one at Fleury in the hopes that uh, that they could get a line change. And it ends up being a goal because Fleury was looking at something else. He wasn't focusing on that play. And I think it overall just led to this feeling by this team that they were going to be able to come back this year and just do it again the same way they did before. Turns out you can't outscore your mistakes. You can't outscore your flaws. And so the team reset after the... Uh, after the homestand, a frustrating homestand to start, they reset with a couple of days off in Montreal. The defense has been notably better. Uh, the goaltending has been really, really good, and Marc-Andre Fleury is a huge part of that. And so you look at a team that just simply, once they realize that they're going to have to do some of the other things, such as playing defense, controlling the puck, uh winning the special teams battles, they're going to have to do those things on a nightly basis to win games. And now that they have bought into that, the results are notably better. I got to ask you about two former Blackhawks that you just referenced. One, Marc-Andre Fleury. Obviously, they bring him back in the offseason to be the guy. Uh, they wind up making a trade, which we talked about in our last crossover. We don't have to get into all of that, but that was its own kind of fun situation. Um but for Marc-Andre Fleury, obviously it's a slow start. He's ba bounced back his last two games. Have fans kind of lost faith already? Or, or are you concerned about him at his old age? Because one thing about me that I had worries about with Marc-Andre Fleury being the number one guy is he would have those type of nights. I don't know if he can take on the lion's share like he used to. And do you feel like that's something that Minnesota is going to have to kind of work on. Do you feel like he can still be the number one, or do you feel like they're really going to need Gustafson this season to be good? Like what, what's kind of the feeling behind Marc-Andre Fleury after a, a shaky start, but he has kind of picked it up here recently. I think he can still be the number one guy. I don't, For sure. I don't think he can take on that type of workload though. As you said, I don't think he can be a guy that starts 55 to 60 games a year which is where Philip Gustafson comes into play. And he started against Detroit. I thought he was fine. Um, not super thrilled by the goal that he gave up uh, to start the scoring for Detroit, in which it seemed like he kind of got faked out by Jonas Brodeen going down to block a shot. Those are the things that happen, though, with a young goalie that's learning how to play at the NHL level. Because we got to remember, Gustafson has started, I think, now, I think it's still shy of 30 goals in his career. So you have a guy in Flurry who started a gazillion and uh, a guy in Gustafson who has not yet. So some growing pains for Gustafson. As far as Flurry goes, I think we have seen him tweak his style a little bit. He's a very animated 
demonstrative goalie. Uh, he likes to lay out and make the big saves. He uh, he likes to sprawl out and, and just really kind of plays an animated style. He has been more quiet in the net over the uh, the last few games. Now he still will lay out to make the big saves, but he has been a little more quiet and I think has been a little more focused uh, while things are going on. But the defense in front of him has been much better too, which always helps. Um, not all the goals early on were Fleury's fault. When you have skaters for the other team that are able to just skate right up in front of the net and just shoot from wherever they want to without being opposed, that's a problem. And not even the best goalies in the NHL can stop those shots. So collectively, it was just both were really bad at the exact same time. But now we've got uh, we've got Swagger Flurry back. He had the uh, the penalty shot. Um, I can't remember if that was against Montreal or Ottawa for some reason. One of the games, penalty shot. I think it was the Ottawa game, and he blocked the shot and then kind of shook his his pads. And I'm like, oh, Flurry's got it back. So he's been great, and uh, the Wild are hoping he can continue that. If he just kind of plays a little more within himself, I think he'll be fine. Perfect. And I have to ask you, too, you already referenced Ryan Hartman. Last year was top-line center, correct, for majority of the season. Do you feel like that was a spot where he could be at long-term? I feel like that was at least my question about Ryan Hartman. Could he be more than just someone who was having a breakout year and be a top-line guy? Do you feel like there, there is potential for him to go back inside that top six, or do you feel like he's better served or the team is better served when he's down on the third line? I think what we're seeing right now with this team is really interesting because as of right now, Freddie Goudreau is the top center for this team, and you know he, he does some nice things offensively, but what he's really offering – for Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello is he's winning face-offs. He's winning puck battles along the boards to keep possession alive. With this team last year being as offensively oriented as they were, uh, Kirill Kaprizov actually did not get off to a good start scoring-wise. Uh, it took him until I think about 10 games into the season to get his first goal of the year. So you look at Ryan Hartman, and he had 14 goals in the first 22 games of the season. So he picked up that slack, but that's because, you know, Kirill is when he's guarded, when he's covered, double teamed, he's able to make those otherworldly feeds to other players on the ice. And Hartman was able to capitalize in those instances. Kirill now is off to a torrid start this year, as is Matt Zuccarello. So those opportunities kind of dried up. Hartman has been a little bit of a turnover machine early on in the season and uh, was taking some frustration penalties uh, in the first few games as well. So he now is actually even to just playing a wing on that line with Jewel Erickson X. So he's, he's not a center right now, but I think it's allowed him to go back to his bread and butter, which is to be more of a defensive grinder. He has the skill set offensively, but I think by the wild moving him down in the lineup and letting him focus on that, it's taken some pressure off. And Freddie Goudreau is doing perfectly fine stirring that drink on the top line. So I I would like to see him get back to it. And we're seeing signs that Hartman's starting to find some of that offensive juice from last year. But as of right now, the Wilds, uh, 
are asking a little less of him because Kirill Kaprizov has been doing so much more. And if given the opportunity between picking Kirill Kaprizov going nuts on offense and Ryan Hartman going nuts on offense, sorry, Hartsy, I love you, but uh, I'm going to take Kirill every time. That's just the way it's going to be. Uh, last question I got for you, Seth. What are the line combinations? You kind of talked about how things have been mixed around. Can you talk to me and my listeners about what line pairing, what line combinations we can expect for this matchup? And also, uh, I said last question, I had this one start in my mind and <laughs> forgot about it somehow. So I guess we're going to make this a two-parter. Talk to me about Marco Rossi, what you've seen out of him. I, I saw that he hasn't gotten on the stat sheet yet, but how has he looked early on as well? So I'll hit you with the line combos first. And Perfect. I would not be surprised if we see for the third consecutive game, similar line combos to what we have seen. Um, and it, it's it's no coincidence that the Wild have found some combos that work uh, over these last few games. So top line, really no surprise, Kaprizov, Zuccarello. But uh, as I mentioned, being centered by Freddie Goudreau, who's winning those battles and uh, is, is giving them what they need at that center position right now. Second line is interesting. You got Marcus Foligno, Matt Boldy, and Marco Rossi put together, and Foligno um, interestingly paired with those two. But if anybody tries to uh, to do anything foul to Marco Rossi on the ice, you're going to get an earful of Foligno before you can even blink. And, you know, Foligno gives Boldy and Rossi some defensive assistance, wins those puck battles too, and uh, is able to just do his thing uh, with those two. So... The results, I don't think, were as good against Detroit as they were against Ottawa, but uh, I still like that pairing just because it kind of gives you that punch-counterpunch. Third line has been really, really good defensively. Uh, Brandon Duhame, Jewel Eriksson and Ryan Hartman. And then your fourth line is a combo of these four. Uh, Sam Steele, Connor Dewar, Tyson Jost, and um, Mason Shaw who played last night and I I thought did some really good things. Tyson Jost has been scratched the last couple of games, which is frustrating for him, frustrating uh, for fans, I'm sure, because you want to see him get an opportunity, but it just, it hasn't been there yet. So it'll be interesting to see if he maybe gets into this one. Sam Steele had an uneven game, so maybe he um, ends up being the healthy scratch for, uh, for this one tonight. But then to Rossi, weird start for him. Because he was getting be- he was getting benched late in games, um, you know, not doing anything necessarily to directly impact the game, but I guess not standing out. So there were a couple of games in which Dean Evison didn't really go to him. He was on the fourth line. Now he's up with Matt Boldy, and it seems like he has settled in, just as doing his job. Which for rookies, you know, that's that's really a lot of what you can ask for. Just kind of go out there and do your thing. He seems like he's getting more and more comfortable, which has led people to kind of look for him to get that first goal of his career, which hopefully happens soon. But I think he's starting to uh, to kind of fit in on this on this lineup, and uh, so for some a little bit of a yikes start to the season, in which there were even rumblings that maybe he was going to be sent back down. He settled in. He's doing his thing, and. Uh, I just I, I like to see that, and I hope to see it continue here as the season goes on. Yeah, someone, uh, us Blackhawks fans, have kind of gotten to see these last few years since we've been involved with the prospect development camps. was just curious to, to see how his start of the season was going ahead of this matchup. 
Yeah, it's it's been the last few games have been good for him and something to build off of. So the hope is that once that first goal goes in, that there are going to be plenty more that uh, that follow it up. So I will uh, I will certainly hope for that and maybe even gets one tonight. Hope not. Hope not. <laughs> well, let's we spend... saw these last two summers. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see uh, if if anybody's going to score, it's got to be Kirill. So. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we will take a look at today's game a little more in depth with some keys and some predictions as we finish today's episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks after this. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. And whether you're a first-time home buyer or a long-time home owner looking for a little added security, Simply Safe can give you just that. With 24/7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real. And even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash LockedOnNHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Final segment of today's crossover episode of Locked On Wild and Locked On Blackhawks. Once again, make sure that your second listen of the day is the Locked On Sports Today podcast, free and available wherever you listen to your podcast. All right, Jack, let's do some uh, let's do some keys. Some keys to the win here in this one. And uh, I will uh, I'll let you lead off. What are a few things that what are three things? Let's let's not go with a few. What are three things that Chicago is going to need to do in order to come away with the win? Yeah, I think one of the biggest ones is cleaning it up, cleaning up their defensive play in front of their goaltender. I referenced this earlier, but in their past game against Buffalo, they let Tage Thompson. Now, to be fair, he is six foot eight and a monster. So easier said than done to get him out of the crease. But not only in their past game, it's been a common theme here early on in the season. Uh, they need to do some better body work, getting physical in front of their netminder, clear guys out in front, make life easier for the tendy. I think that will go a long way for the Blackhawks to score the first goal. I know it's the most cliche thing in hockey. It really is. But the Blackhawks haven't scored first in seven of their first eight games. They've been playing from behind a lot. Uh, now that seemingly has worked for them for whatever reason. It seems like whenever they're down, they're finding a way to come back or at least make it close. Uh, but getting that first goal, I think, back at home, getting some momentum on their side in the early going against a divisional foe for the first time, I think that really sets the tone. So I, I think that would be a, at least a nice help for the Blackhawks. Maybe not necessarily a key to victory, but I think something that aids in going a long way. Uh, and then third, I would have to say keep getting depth scoring. 
the Blackhawks early on, we've seen, I did not picture this offense to be as productive as they've been recently. They potted three against Buffalo, saw them net five against Edmonton, five against Seattle, four against Detroit. Randomly, the Blackhawks have been scoring goals, and they've been getting it from all over. They've got four shorthanded goals already this year. Their third liners, Sam Lafferty, Jason Dickinson, who they acquired from Vancouver, those guys have been great. Get other guys involved, not just Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Uh, I think if we can get a goal from the bottom six, I don't think this game is going to be – the most high scoring, I'm predicting a low scoring affair in this one. Uh, so I, I think that would be a really big boost to the rest of the lineup and the rest of the offense. So that, those are my three keys to victory for this one, Seth. What do you got? I like it. Um, well, I'm going to start with what has been the, I think, biggest weapon for this team so far this year, and that's power play one. However, over the last couple of games, things have gone a little cool in the power play one department. So uh, number one for me is to get PP1 back on track. Listen to this for a power play lineup. Kirill, Matt Zuccarello, Matt Boldy, Jewel Erickson, Kalen Addison. Lethal to start the season. They are in, or they were in the 30% uh, to start the year. So uh, in the top five, love to see it. Want to see more of it, though. Uh, it's been a couple of games since we've seen a power play goal, so call me greedy, but I'd like to see another. Um, I, I would like to also see the penalty kill. They've been close um, all, over the last couple of games, but they have given up a few power play goals. So I'd like to see that tightened up. And uh, like you said, the Wild over the last couple of games have done well at being the first team to score. Sounds super basic, super easy, but there is something to it. And it's nice to see this team get out to a lead and uh, and be able to hold it and to just take some of the pressure off, let Flurry do his thing. So get a lead, get those special teams units back and, uh, and ironed up. And um, it also has been a little while since we have seen Matt Boldy light the lamp. So I uh, would like to see Boldy bash one home. Uh, here in this one too, so uh, I'll call, I'll call big game on Boldy, big game Boldy tonight. Damn, we heard it here first. <laughs> we heard it here first. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, but ultimately, um, ultimately, I think um, I think he's going to have a good one. A uh, new thing that I want to do, you know, the line combos for Chicago. You've seen them pretty much all season. If you had to pick one line to click in tonight's game. Which one are you going with? I'm going with the Blackhawks' second line of Philip Kershev, Jonathan Taves, and Taylor Radish. That line, Tyler Johnson was on it until he got hurt, but that that second line, Taves and Radish, I guess, those two have been solid all year. Kershev got bumped up against Buffalo and fit in magnificently. So uh, I'm sticking with that second line. They, they've all looked really good this year, Seth. I... I really, really want to pick the Kaprizov line because it's Kaprizov. Come on. But I just called Matt Boldy having a big game, so I'm picking the second line for the Wild as well. Um, I I would love to see Marco Rossi get rewarded for some better play over the last two games with some points. And so uh, I think Matt Boldy will get a couple. Yes, two goals. And uh, I think that second line is really going to light it up. And 
Um, I, I think this is going to be a fun game, and I will. I'll just say it. I have almost not enjoyed the uh, the last handful of times that these two teams have matched up, just because it's been so decidedly one sided. Of course, I enjoy wild wins, regardless of the opponent. But I feel like this is going to be a fun one because Chicago is is playing well at this point in the season. And so this is a good time to kind of get back to some of those wild Blackhawks matchups of yesteryear. And uh, so I think we're ultimately going to be treated to a, uh, a nice one here. I'll say it's close until an empty netter to seal it. Wild win four to two. What is your score prediction? I'm going three to two, Minnesota. I do think they're going to come out on the winning end of this one, uh, but I do believe it is going to be competitive. And I was there at the United Center last season when the Wild spanked the Blackhawks five nothing. It was when it was like thirty mile an hour winds outside. It was a miserable walk into the UC, and I watched the worst hockey game that I've literally ever witnessed in my entire life. It was god awful. So I would really enjoy to see the Blackhawks put up a fight against this Minnesota Wild team. They've put up a fight against basically everyone this year, even Colorado in the opener. They kind of found a way to make it at least a little interesting late. So. I wouldn't put it past this new age Blackhawks with Luke Richardson as their head coach to at least put up a good fight tonight against Minnesota. There you have it. Uh, we should be in store for a good one tonight and uh, no better place to get all the info on both the Wild and the Blackhawks than your favorite locked on shows. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Turn the notifications on and follow on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on your favorite teams as we keep you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday and sometimes weekends as part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network.